you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in the book of Exodus, chapter uh, 18. We're going to be reading eight verses of Scripture, verses 13 through 20. If you want to stand with me all over the room for the reading of the Word, then we'll pray and I'll let you be seated today. Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 20, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. The word said, The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees, and I give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions and show them how to conduct their lives. I want to preach to you this morning for a few moments. The second message uh, in this new series that we've begun uh, in I Serve. Today we're going to be talking about passionate servants. If you will, bow your heads with me one more time. Father, thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence, Lord, that we've already felt. God, I need your anointing this morning to deliver your word, Lord, to the hearts of the people. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint the ears of those sitting in this room and and those that are listening on live stream to hear your word, anoint their hearts to receive your word. And Father, I ask today, God, that you would move me out of the way. Decrease me until I'm nothing, that your Holy Spirit might be increased within me. And let your word come forth today in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. Touch hearts and change lives by your word and your presence. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. A couple weeks ago, we finished our series making the proclamation, I worship. Uh, And I want to reiterate that, that I pray that you are making that proclamation with us. That when we assemble here together, we don't just come out of obligation, but we come uh, out of a desire to worship the one that we came to worship. Amen. I don't want us to come and miss the opportunity to do what the purpose of the service that we're having this morning is to do, and that's to worship Jesus. But for the next few weeks, we're also going to be talking about another very important act uh, in our walk with Christ, and that's in the act of serving as we make the proclamation together that I serve. And a lot of times when you uh, speak on this subject, people get uncomfortable because a lot of times people don't know exactly what it is that they need to do or want to do to serve, and it's my prayer that by the end of this series, the Lord will reveal that to you. As a matter of fact, next week, Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take with you a spiritual gifts inventory that you can complete uh, and just keep for your own personal use to discover the giftings and the areas that maybe you didn't even realize that you have that you can be of benefit uh, in serving for the kingdom. And as we look at um, 
Scripture, I believe Moses was one of the best models of a servant who lived out his life calling. Uh, Moses was one of the best models in the Old Testament of a passionate servant through whom God implemented and did many great things. And Moses lived out his calling to fulfill and meet the needs of other people. If we could ever understand that our calling is to uh, deprive ourselves so that we might meet the needs of other people, God could use us greatly uh, for His glory. Because you see, whenever God implements great vision, God uses passionate servants to fulfill uh, that vision and that thing which God has promised. And all throughout the Old Testament, if you read, Moses was one who exemplified what being a passionate servant is all about. Moses had this huge opportunity. He had this great task of liberating a a disgruntled group of people out of a place of their problems into a place of their promise. What a calling from God and a privilege to be able to lead people out of a place of their problems into a place of their promise. And that's exactly the calling that God has given each of us to do. So Moses had this Huge task of delivering the people out of Egypt into the promised land. But Moses realized that he could not do this all by himself. Even though Moses lacked courage, if you read much about him, he had a speech impediment uh, and he had very low self-esteem issues. But yet we find that God would use him and God would give him confidence to radically change his life. Moses recognized and realized that God could use his issues as an awesome instrument for greater acts of service for the kingdom of God. Is anybody glad this morning that God can use our issues? Anybody else besides me, Dwight and Darla, got issues? You do, whether you admit it or not. But God can use our issues for the kingdom of God. And this radical transformation... This change in Moses' life took place with the story of the burning bush. I want to read through it kind of quickly this morning. It is 15 verses, but you don't have to turn there. Uh, They'll have it on the screen for you. But in the book of Exodus, same book we're in, just a few chapters earlier, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the same man that just gave him this advice, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. First of all, remember, he came, he left the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him. I want to tell some of y'all out there in Cyberland this morning, you need to leave the wilderness and it's time to get back to the mountain of God. Can I hear an amen? Because it's here that the Lord will meet us. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. 
I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. Did you hear that? And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they'll ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. It was here. At this place that Moses received encouragement and empowerment. you got to remember that he had a speech impediment. He had low self-esteem issues and he didn't have very much courage. But it was at the burning bush that Moses became filled with passion. God used Moses' issues as an instrument to live out God's greater purpose. And when Moses was encouraged... God used his shortcomings to live for this tremendous vision that God had placed before him. And it was through that passion that Moses experienced at the burning bush that he was commissioned and to serve and to live for God's greater purpose in his life. I would to God that we could recognize that we have a greater purpose than just getting up and going to work every day. I would to God that we could recognize that we have a greater purpose than just being a good person. Hello, somebody. I wish that we could recognize and realize that God has commissioned us and I wish to the Lord in heaven that we could stir up, as the Apostle Paul said, the gift that's within us and ignite the passion that is within us to go out into this world where people are lost and dying and going to hell by the droves and we would have a passion and recognize our greater purpose and that is to go snatch them from the fiery flames of hell and lead them to a place of, of deliverance and safety. Can somebody say amen this morning? We have a greater purpose. And it was in this moment at the burning bush that Moses was empowered to go forth with confidence. God took his lack of courage and turned it into confidence. Realizing that God was with him. I want to ask you this morning. Have you ever had a burning bush moment? If you have, can you recall it and ponder on it? And if you've not, 
you need one. I said, if you've not, you need one. Can you recall the moment that you were ignited with such passion and something on the inside of you became excited and you realized that God wanted to do great things in and through your life? Can you remember that moment when something was ignited on the inside of you to go forth and to live out the tremendous dreams that God has given you? Can you remember when something on the inside of you was ignited and stirred up and a fire was birthed on the inside of you? See, that's why there's a difference, if you will, this morning in the way some people worship. I'm going to preach just a moment. And the way the the lack of worship from other people. See, some of us realize and recognize the need for the fire on the inside of us. Did you hear me? Some of us recognize and realize the need to fan the flames, to encourage the fire, to keep the passion going. Because I want to tell you something right now. A dead church never did anything for anybody. Did you hear me? But people will come where there's fire. People will come where there's anointing. People will come where the presence of God is in the midst that can move and set them free and change their life. But here's what happens to us. It's easy to get overwhelmed when we think about all the things that God has for us. It's easy to get overwhelmed even the things that God has for our church. Angie and I were talking about just walking around in that building. Sometimes it's overwhelming. And you just think, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? It's easy to get overwhelmed sometimes in our workplace. Hello. It's easy to get overwhelmed in our homes. And when we get overwhelmed, we can be overwhelmed, but know that with every vision, God gives provision through our passion. Did you hear me? With every vision, with every great opportunity, God will provide provision. Did you hear me? But that is only through our passion. You may say, now wait a minute, Pastor, I don't understand that. Well, I had the word for today. Maybe somebody else has a word. Maybe I could have not showed up and service would have went on just the same. That'd be wonderful. But maybe Nicholas, I don't know if he did or not, but maybe he woke up this morning not just, just not really feeling. Anybody ever wake up not really feeling? But if you can't find the passion within yourself, God, give us some people with passion. I said, God, give us some people in the church with passion. God, give us some people who come not to be served, but to serve. God, give us some people with passion to see God do something in our midst. Because I can tell you, if, if Nicholas had decided this morning he didn't have enough passion, he didn't have it in him to come do it, worship would have been drastically different. Had Dennis Collins decided that he didn't have enough passion to come do it, It might have been drastically different. But it's the passion that through through your passion, it gets you started. But it's also the passion that will carry you through the difficult times as well. See, these folks in in this passage of Scripture, they was ready to go back to Egypt. I could preach a whole sermon on that. Church is always ready to go back, ain't we? 
Oh, my goodness. Some of y'all didn't even get that. Let me say it again. The church is always ready to go back, aren't we? Oh, well, why do we have to do that? We used to do it this way. Why do they have to wear that? They used to dress this way. Why do we have to sing off the wall? We used to sing out of the red back hymnal. None of y'all going to help me. Why do we have to? Why do we have to? We used to do. We used to do. The church is always ready to go back. But we're rarely ready to go forward. But if we could just get a vision. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. For what God has for us in the future. It would ignite a passion within us to press toward the mark. As the Apostle Paul said. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But. These folks in this passage, they were ready to go back to Egypt. Moses needed passion because years later, that same group of people that came out of Egypt, now they were in the wilderness, and they began to complain. Isn't it strange how God can bring us out of something, and when we have no passion, we end up right back where we were, but somehow it's somebody else's fault besides our own? I told somebody this week, I said, and I told my wife, I said, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but this world is quickly growing in narcissism. Anybody else notice that? I used to be able to identify a narcissist, and there was one in a great crowd. Nowadays, it's hard to identify those that aren't narcissists. And we think, oh, help me, Lord. We think that it, it, it's just going that way. But can I tell you, it starts when they're this small. It starts with entitlement. It starts with participation trophies. It starts with a lack of discipline. Hello, somebody. Because we, oh, I know it ain't popular. We're living in a day now, you know, one of the things they teach you about pastoring is you have to learn how to lovingly discipline. Well, one of the things that you have to learn today is that nobody will be disciplined. Everybody wants to be the boss. Why? Because narcissism is drastically growing. And so people... uh, grow up with a sense of entitlement and then God does something for them in their life and He blesses them but then they end up back over here in trouble and some way, somehow it's everybody else's fault but theirs. Uh, Somebody else always did something wrong. Oh, they hurt me. I'm going to preach a little bit this morning. Oh, they hurt me so I quit attending church. Why did you take it out on God? Because of what they did, why did you take it out on God? I feel there's probably somebody watching me on live stream this morning that says, I've not been in a church in years because I got hurt in church. Why are you taking it out on God? God didn't have anything to do with it. Quit placing the blame on somebody else. Take ownership for your own actions. You ask God to change your life and you watch what God will do. Here these people were. They began to complain. So they said to Moses, Moses, Why'd you bring us this far? We're better off in Egypt. We were better off back there. At that moment in the middle of the wilderness, Moses had to be reminded of that passion that God had given him in that burning bush. Every now and then, you see, it's in our wilderness moments that God has to remind us of that passion. 
And it's in that passion that we begin to live out the things that are greater than ourselves. Moses needed passion because these folks were complaining. Whoop. See, the closer you get to the, your place of promise, the more your passion will be under attack. Did you hear what I said? The closer you get to your place of promise, the more your passion will be under attack. The Lord has really revealed that to me recently. The more that you live out your God-given purpose, the more you have to protect your passion. See, Moses took things for granted. And at that moment, his passion was under attack. Moses got overwhelmed. And at that moment, he needed to be reminded of that burning bush encounter. Sometimes when you look at the needs of the people around you and the problems within our community or within your community, it's easy to get overwhelmed. But like Moses, we can't get overwhelmed. Like Moses, we need to be reminded of the passion that God has given us. And listen to me, church, as we continue to move forward this year, putting the kingdom first. That's a message we're trying to drive home. If putting the kingdom first, there will be great opportunities. God will give us more opportunities to meet the needs of so many people. But you have to keep your passion. And how do you do that? First of all, we must separate from the negative. Mm. We must separate from the negative. Let's look back at verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat. If you don't care to put that one on the screen for me. Verse 13, the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. Moses was spending too much time and energy dealing with negative people who constantly complained. Hmm. And dealing with complaining people day and night was beginning to wear him down. It seems that all the people did was complain. They'd complain because of what God had or hadn't done. When they were going through the wilderness, Moses just sat there every day and he took all of it in. And as passionate servants, I want to tell you something this morning. you got to learn to separate yourself from the negative. It's too easy to be drawn into a vicious cycle of negativity. Negativity can distract and deplete our passion. Negativity can distract us from God's purpose. And it can deplete or diminish our every ounce of passion that we have. Have you ever noticed how strong negativity can be in our lives at times? See, as passionate servants, those that are really passionate, sometimes we want to meet the needs of everybody. I'm, I'm guilty. We want to meet the needs of everybody. Moses wanted to meet the needs of everybody. He wanted to please everybody. I'm guilty. Sometimes trying to please everybody. But Moses hadn't realized it. And in his efforts to do all that, he was drawn into a vicious cycle of negativity. And for some strange reason, like some of us, not, not here of course, right? But the people down the street, hello. Moses wanted to have this Messiah complex. He wanted to fix everybody's stuff. Do you all know anybody that wants to try to fix everybody's stuff? Have you ever met somebody like that? But Moses hadn't realized what he was doing, trying to fix it. See, here's where you get in trouble trying to fix everybody's stuff. You start internalizing everybody's problems. Mm -hmm. And 
When you start internalizing everybody's troubles, everybody's trash, and everybody's trials, before you know it, you'll become consumed and overwhelmed. Moses had heard so much negativity that he couldn't focus on the vision that God had given him. Passionate servants have to separate yourselves from negative people. Paul reminds us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Look at what he says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to live the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Negativity can pollute your spirit and stagnate your momentum. Not only do we need to separate from negative people, but we need to separate ourselves from our own negative character. Instead of an amen, can I hear an oh me? We need to separate ourselves from our own negative character. Sometimes it's not always negative people, but it's us being negative. Sometimes it's it's us uh, that... In order for us to live out our God-given passion, we got to separate ourselves from having a negative character. It is critical that we as passionate servants watch the words. Listen to me, church. Watch the words and the language that comes out of your mouth. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 37, He said, the words that you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Our words can either set us free or our words can keep us in bondage. It's up to us. Because he was surrounded by negative people, Moses wasn't able to allow the power of God to flow through him. we got to be careful what we say and how we say it. Listen, negativity is like high blood pressure. It's a silent killer. It'll kill the passion of an individual. It'll kill the the passion of a pastor. And it'll kill the passion of a church. And... We have to learn to separate ourselves from the negative. Secondly, after you separate from negativity, you've got to surround yourself with wisdom. I didn't say traditionalism, but I said wisdom. In verses 14 through 18, and I'm not going to reread them, but because of negativity, Moses', Moses vision was impaired. And Moses needed somebody in his life who could see what he couldn't see. Are you with me? Moses needed somebody in his life to give him a different perspective or a different outlook on what he was dealing with. Moses needed somebody in his life. And here in this passage of Scripture, he used his father-in-law Jethro to intervene as a source of wisdom and to place him back on his passionate track of serving. Jethro initially had no relationship with God. If you read the story, he didn't know the God of Israel. But for years, Jethro had watched Moses passionately serve the Lord, and he watched how God worked through him, and he watched how God used Moses in such a miraculous way, and it was through him watching Moses that Jethro got connected to God. I think the interesting thing about this is that God used Moses to connect Jethro to himself, but then God was using Jethro to give Moses godly wisdom. Isn't that good? Never underestimate whom God can use to give you wisdom. Did you hear me? Never underestimate whom God can use to give you wisdom. God will use some of the people that you least expect to place you back on your passionate track to serve. And if you're ever going to experience any kind of godly success in areas of service in your life, it's vital that we surround ourselves with people of wisdom. We need people in our lives who can see what we can't see. We need people in our lives who have been where we're trying to go. That's why our elders are important to us. Say amen, somebody. Everybody needs a Jethro 
in their lives. Who's your Jethro? Who can keep you on track and give you the godly wisdom that you need? Keep your eyes focused on what you need to be doing. Everybody needs somebody in their lives who will be vulnerable and willing to share both their successes and their failures. Listen to me, Jethro's. Godly wisdom is when people can share with you the things that they did wrong to help you get things right. Did you hear me? We've got to be willing to admit that we did something wrong. God wants to do great things in our lives, but before you can be somebody else's hero and give them godly wisdom, make sure that you share with the person some of your failures. Because people don't care how much you succeed, but they want to know how you came back from failure. Jethro apparently saw something in Moses that he dealt with himself, so Jethro asked Moses the question, Why, Moses, are you trying to do all this by yourself? What are you really doing here? Is your serving making a difference? Are you being task-driven or are you being transformation-driven? See, that's one of the things that the Lord shared with me, and I shared it with you last week, that the Lord spoke to me week before last. Everything that I've been trying to do, God has not told me to do. Sometimes you can wear yourself out doing things that God didn't tell you to do. God wants us to go beyond being task-driven and be transformation-driven. Jethro could see what Moses couldn't see, and then he asked another question. Why don't you give some of this stuff away? You can't do it by yourself. You're wearing yourself out, and you're wearing other people out. Moses, give some of that stuff away. I want to tell you, I did that this week, and it was liberating. Somebody with great intentions tried to give me something else to do, and I just text right back. Somebody that if you call them, they won't answer the phone. But if you text them, they're Johnny on the spot. Anybody got anybody like that you know of? That's a generational thing. It's all right. So I text them right back, and I said, Well, that sounds like a great idea, but I don't know who's going to do it. It ain't going to be me. And I was just like, I put my phone down, and I was like, Whoo, there's like smoke and fire on that thing right now. That felt so good. And they were like, Oh, really? Well, okay. Uh, do you want me to do this? I was like, Up to you. It's a great idea. Have at it. But... Listen, we got to give some stuff away. Some of you, so that you can serve God effectively, need to give some other stuff away. Uh huh. And then some of us that are serving God with all the passion we got, you need to give some stuff away and provide for some. You, you some people don't know where they can serve. Don't tell me that. I'll find you a place real quick. Get where God's called you to be, but if not, some of us can give some stuff away and let you be used by God. I got one amen. Thirdly, this is the last thing, and I'm going to close. After you surround yourself with wisdom, serve out of your strength. We've all got strengths. In verses 19 and 20, we, we read that and we discover that whenever God brings about missions, it's so easy to get distracted in other areas of interest. Whenever God does big things, it's so easy to want to do so many things. But God wants us to have fixed, focused faith and serve out of our strengths. We had staff meeting the other night. And I'm just using this so that we can be transparent because we're real people. It took us about 30, 45 minutes to narrow down the top of what we need. Because we all got together and started talking about what we need. And we thought, Lord have mercy, we've got more needs than we've got people. 
That's the way you can feel sometimes. But you've got to get distracted, uh, remove the distraction from other things and, and not be overcome with wanting to do so many things, but have a fixed, focused faith and let's serve God out of our strengths. Let's do what we know that we can do and that we have manpower to do and let's do it well for the glory of God. And then if there's something else that we need that we don't have yet, God can, while God's using us, serving out of our strengths, God can bring somebody else in that can serve out of that strength. Do you believe that? I believe it this morning. So Moses was called to be a servant leader. Moses was called to be a pastor to empower the people. He was called to be a visionary, to cast the vision and to get people out of their place of problems into their place of promise. But it was the people's responsibility to live out the day-by-day routine things that would bring the vision to pass. Did you hear me? Moses cast the vision. He was doing it all, and he was wearing himself out. To be a passionate servant, you've got to serve out of your strengths. Moses realized that as a result of being a people-pleaser, He'd become sidetracked. He stopped serving out of his areas of strength. But as passionate servants, we must learn to serve out of our God-given strengths rather than other people's expectations. Mm -hmm. Moses had been doing the same old thing both day and night for so long. He showed up every day. He listened to their complaints. He showed up every day watching folks take numbers. Moses had forgotten what God had called him to do. I want to tell you. Sometimes, even those of you in ministry, sometimes in ministry, you can get so caught up trying to carry out the day-to-day that you totally forget what God actually called you to do. Moses forgot his primary purpose and his strength to be a visionary leader, not a people pleaser. That's a new realization that I've had in the last year or so. I can't please everybody. I have to accept that. Not everybody's going to be pleased. Not everybody's going to be pleased. And all you can do is do what God's called you to do and serve out of your strength and not other people's expectations. And when you do that, God will show up in your weaknesses. Listen to your pastor this morning. How many times do many of us want to please everybody with everything? Maybe not even in your church life, maybe in your family life. You're just always trying to please everybody in your family. Maybe on your job, you're always trying to please everybody on your job, but you're not here to please people. Actually, as a matter of fact, God said in this passage of Scripture through Jethro, He basically said, you're not here to please people, you're here to please God and live out your God-given strengths. And Moses began to understand that it wasn't just about connecting with others' expectations, but it was connecting back to God through his God-given strength. It's so important that we serve with our God-given strength because when you serve with your strengths, you become a powerful tool in the hands of God. Listen, if you don't hear anything else I've said this morning, hear this because I'm about done. It's good to know who you are, but it's better to know who you aren't. It's good to know who you are, but it's better to know who you aren't. God says it's when we realize our weaknesses that our strengths are made stronger. And it's in our strengths, which turn about from our weaknesses, that we become a stronger tool in the hand of God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power 
is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. If they'll come to the music this morning. Listen. Is anybody glad this morning that his strength is made perfect in your weakness? I'm so thankful that God can use us for his glory despite all of our faults, all of our failures, all of our shortcomings. And here at this church, we believe totally in operating and living and doing ministry out of your strengths. Every single person listening to me this morning or sitting in this room right now, you have a strength. We all are called to serve. Every one of us is called to serve. Maybe you're wondering where it is that God wants you to serve. But when you understand your strengths, you're no longer confused. You no longer question whether or not it's of God. You surrender everything to God, and when you do, you become a more powerful tool in the hands of God. And I want you to know something as your pastor this morning. To this day, my passion has been overflowing like never before. I reach a place in the last few months that was very, 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 very heavy. What I'm sharing with you this morning is not something I just sit down and wrote at the drop of a hat. It's something I've been living out for several months. And I want you to understand this morning. I realize the strengths that God has placed within me. And I also realize and recognize my weaknesses. And I've made a pact with God to be more concerned with who I'm not than with knowing who I am. And see, today, and this is liberating when I say this, God called me to pastor this church. God called me and gave me a vision. But God sent you here to serve and fulfill that vision. I may not get a lot of help with that, but God didn't put the monkey on my back and leave it all there. God sent you here and gave you something to do to serve for His glory. So today, there's a great demand here in accomplishing, accomplishing the vision of this church. There's, there may be a great demand in your workplace. For some of you, there's a great demand in your home. But listen to me. Don't get overwhelmed. God has strategically placed you where you are right now to live out your life calling with power and with passion but you have to do it when you serve out of your strengths and I challenge you to separate yourself from negativity separate yourself from negativity surround yourself with some godly wisdom and starting this day forward your pastor said he was doing it so you could say you're doing it and it's okay stop trying to be a people pleaser serve God out of your strengths and that will be your prescription for passion. You need new passion this morning? That'll be your prescription for passion. Because see, there's passion inside all of us.
what God wants to do today, I believe, is build that passion back up. Don't be overwhelmed. God can use you right where you are. Listen, God can take your trial and turn it into a testimony. Did you hear me? God can take your mess and turn it into a miracle. God can take what you feel like you can't face tomorrow with and God can use it later for His glory to the point that you can stand and say, Thank you, God, not only that you allowed me to go through it, but that you held my hand every single step of the way. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. If you'll stand with me all over the room. But, here's the but. Nobody else can do your serving for you. God doesn't want you to watch Him use somebody else. God wants to use you. Will you make yourself available to Him to be used in His service? Will you today, with the rest of us, make the proclamation together and say, God, I'll serve. Here I am. If you'll bow your heads all over the room with me. Maybe you may be sitting here today and you may say, Pastor, before I can get my serving down pat, I need to get my relationship with God down pat. I want to tell you this morning, you're in the right place at the right time. All you have to do, maybe you've never been saved before, all you have to do is just admit your need for a Savior. Confess your sins. Believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He died on that cross for your sins, that He was buried and rose on the third day, conquering death, hell, and the grave, that He shed His blood for the remission of your sins and ask Him to forgive you, invite Him into your heart and make Him the Lord of your life. And the Word says if you do that, you will be saved. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to open this altar. And I'm going to ask those that will to slip on a mask and come. Those that maybe don't have a mask, we have them available on both sides of the altar. Come put one on. Find a place to prayer and make your proclamation to the Lord this morning. God, I'm willing to serve you. There's plenty of room up here for all of us to find a place to pray. And then if you're not ready to meet the Lord, I invite you to join us in this time of prayer this morning and in this altar. And we're going to believe God for great things in your life. Father, we thank you this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you this morning, God, that you'll use our weakness, Lord, for our strength. That, God, in our weaknesses, we're made strong in you. God, I thank you that you've called us, that you've given us a great work and a great task to do. And so, God, today, from this day forward, we're going to stop being people pleasers. And we're going to focus on what you have called us to do, what you have given us to do. And, God, today we make the proclamation together. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory. We will.